On today's podcast, I have Andrew Patterson. Oh, shit. Who's that? It's you. Oh, fuck. Uh, So we're going to start this and maybe keep this as a tour recap from his recent tour Mm -hmm. with And Hell Followed With. Okay. Let's start. So you started this tour on October 18th in Detroit, Mm -hmm. then ended it on October 28th in Chicago. Mm -hmm. This was your first tour and first time playing shows at all with this band, correct? Right. No, No prior shows with them or anything. Kind of just, as we talked about in the last one, it's like in April they hit me up, wrote the EP by the end of May. And uh, here I was just uh, yelling at people for 11 nights straight. Yeah. We had, we had like, um, well, the band collectively had like three days of rehearsal. I was only there for the last day of rehearsal. Um, as long as I was practicing at home and I knew my cues like, you know, good. It was mostly a matter of them having the foundation straight. But yeah, prior to that, I mean, in that and then just like us getting together in July, working out kinks in person. Yeah. Because we did that for like three or four days as well. As just a, hey, here's what needs to be done. Everyone came with their shit ready to go that second time, a couple of days before the tour, then, yeah. That's pretty badass. Seems like it worked out pretty good. Yeah, well, as long as people are on top of their shit, man, there's no reason for that not to work out. Yeah, just uh, trust your uh, bandmates. If you could describe this tour for you personally by using just three words, what would they be? Very fucking freeing. Okay. And I'll explain that, too. If, 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 sure. Essentially, I don't know, like, um, being just so stuck to, like, that, you know, nine-to-five grind the last couple of years, it's, like, the longest vacation I've had is, like, over a weekend, right? Yeah. So, maybe maybe four days. It's not really enough to feel like you've escaped your uh, regular day-to-day. Sure. But um, on this, it's just, like, of course, you know, it's, it's amazing getting to play music every night, meeting longtime fans, friends on the internet, blah, blah, blah. There was just something about maybe, like, two or three days left of the tour like I'd finally felt like I was unchained from like my regular life. Cause, okay. Cause you gotta, you gotta think you break up the monotony of like a schedule so much. I'm not going to sleep till seven. I'm waking up at nine, but there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no confines to like my schedule. There's just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. having to be here at one point. I'm not having to do this. I don't have any responsibility other than keep myself alive and breathing and like getting on stage for an hour every night. Yeah. 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 And something about that. And it's finally getting out of my regular routine to where it felt like this was natural. Was something about it was just like very freeing for me. And I feel like I honestly do have this kind of like new lease on like my day-to-day life back at home, you know, doing work and stuff. Because I don't feel like it, I just hate it because I've had it broken up now. Uh-huh. And now it's it almost, it's almost like it feels fresh again. So it's like in some way, like this tour is actually like really cool outside of a music perspective entirely. But I will say that was sick too. Yeah. So it was like a vacation of kind of. Yeah. And I feel like it was like the first vacation that I've had that truly felt like I, I was escaping my regular reality and just trying to get away from 
the regular shit. And I don't know, something about that was just, it was a good feeling, especially when you, you're around good company and there's no zero stress on your end the entire time. Yeah, so vacation usually feels good already, mm-hmm. but you're on vacation and getting a lot of attention and, you know, having fun mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah, other people. That's it's kind of amplified as far as your, you know, yeah. enjoyment goes, I guess. Absolutely. Because I, I can really enjoy it without having to worry about other shit. Yeah. It's just, hey, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is in the moment. It's all that matters. It does sound very freeing, and I totally get that. I didn't even think about it that way. That's... I didn't either until going into it. Now I was just like, man, like I wish I had like two more weeks of that. Like I, I could have easily, like by by the end of that too, where I was just like, man, there sh- it feels like there should be another week yeah, or another two weeks or just... It doesn't feel like it was quite done yet, especially, like I said, I, I had just gotten in that groove like two or three days prior. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, for me, it's just like, all right, I'm finally riding this fucking wave and the wave's just like already dying out on me. Yeah. But it was, it was still a blast, man. There will, there will be more waves. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Which city truly had the most welcoming and responsive crowd in your opinion? Welcoming and responsive. Um, it was either going to be the Fayetteville, North Carolina date. Or the Brandon, Florida date. Um, the Fayetteville one was fucking jacked too. And like, I was actually impressed with how that show ended up. And I, I'll, I'll go ahead and just say, like, for example, I don't know if it was the venue owner or someone that worked at the venue. There was a there was a PA and speakers on site. But for some reason, they're like, yeah, we don't trust y'all to use it. Or we don't have anyone that's authorized to use it for whoever. And it sounded like bullshit, but whatever. Like, this, this was a show that were a very last second the venue got moved. And I guess they just happened to pick this one, right? Uh-huh. And if it wasn't thanks to the promoter, um, he goes by Turtle. Shout out to Turtle. He went out of his way to make sure this show still went on by like driving out to the, the nearest guitar center, renting the whole speaker set, a PA, mics, fucking everything. Jesus. Like, I don't know if he lost on this show or not, but... I feel like somebody had to have. <laughs> yeah, someone had to have. But he went out of his way, and the show didn't start till 9. And despite the fact that everyone cut their sets, like it was still like probably like the most... like explosive date on that tour because like the venue was super fucking small like i don't even know how to explain it the, the stage was not like maybe the size of this room mm-hmm. like maybe um and for those for those listening this is 11 the by room. 12 or yeah, something roughly and um yeah just despite the air being dead because people thought it was gonna be a, a no show for the show and we have to cancel no there was it was crazy like the little room that we had was fucking packed and the energy in there was just insane and i felt like that was the best one that's cool for sure and i would also say the brandon florida date because um it was really interesting playing in like the main room of a church like, <laughs> like, yeah with, seeing the pictures that really kind of threw me yeah out of, out of any of the photos we posted people are just like what the fuck's up with the church and i'm just like look we brought the gospel of deathcore to Brandon, Florida, and that's all I really got to say. <laughs> like, apparently, this place has shows all the time. Like, not even a couple of days prior to our show, Brandon Sacrifice was in there, and it's just like, well, shit. I mean, that's even nastier than us. Like, yeah. this place is. Mm. Anyways, yeah, like it, it was cool. Like, Brent, like it was a Friday night in like basically Tampa, Florida, and uh, people wanted the party. Yeah, but sounds like it was a good time, man. Both of those shows were definitely my highlights. What city? didn't seem to have the most responsive and welcoming crowd. Oh, okay, easy. Amityville, Amityville fucking New York. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say New York was not impressive this run. I have a couple theories about why it didn't go the way it should have, but um, I'm trying to think of like, specifics here because the, the show was jacked. Anyways, so 
okay, we were on tour with Weeping Wound Victims and Widowmaker, right? And um, Victims played before us, and Amityville and just New York in general was mostly mostly New York in general. I've heard a lot about like like the hardcore scene. Like mm-hmm. apparently, this is where they get fucking rowdy. This is where people get fucked up. Take like, it. They take it serious. Crowd killer. Right? Like, it's like, and I'll say like before we even get into the details. Yeah, there was a dick measuring contest of who was the hardest at the show, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe like 70, 80 kids. It wasn't like it wasn't nearly the bit like the bigger turnouts, but you know, decent amount. And victims goes on, and it's this pissed off, fucking angry, dissonant music, and it's just fucking shout out to John. He's so he looks like 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 the nicest person ever, but he like he sounds so fucking pissed. Like he sounds like he sounds like he's like I don't know, like I don't know how to put it. He's just pissed. I'll show you after this. But um, yeah, that band went on. And um, it got to the point where, like, someone got, got thrown into a stool a couple times. Someone got thrown over a fucking <laughs> table. This uh, before before their set even ended, this chick got fucking elbowed and started seizing in some shit. And okay. She got pulled over to the side and like her eyes rolling to the back of her head and she was barely conscious. And that that's here's where one of my theories pop up because whenever we played, maybe ten people outside of the bands were there, or not even most of the bands were there at that time because they were probably packing up. And um. The energy was dead, and um, it was just a really weird, a weird night from that on, th- that point on. Because we were we were so amped up to the idea that yeah, this show is going to be popping off. All these people are pissed, yeah. And then just either either we just weren't heavy enough for New York, or um, that one chick getting her shit fucking pushed in just set the mood for like, yeah. the rest of the night, and people Kinda just jacked up the air, the uh, vibes in the air. Yeah, hundred percent. And it, I don't know. I mean, there certainly was. Excuse a, me, I'm thirsty. No, you're fine. There certainly was a um, a contrast in in, the, in this package tour wise. Like, and Hell Fall with doesn't sound like any of those other bands. They're I feel like they're more like groovy, you know, upbeat stuff. Whereas we kind of are like, I don't know, more. I mean, at this right, more like melodic death than we are like, right, know, like hardcore death or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with the other ones. So I've I've uh, regrettingly, re- regrettably, regret. Re- <laughs> regrettery i uh, regret to say that i did not check them out but i probably should at least give it a listen it's some kind of shit that i would like jam at the gym up tempo Uh, like i got you makes you real pissed off right yeah but anyways i feel like i was a part of it is just like the the interesting contrast between our band and their bands it had its benefits because we were introduced to new crowds but also you know maybe like there was way more you know crowd movement and like action for them than there was us just because I don't know if it's because the instrumentation is a lot different you know we have solos and stuff there's just other different things and we're not just ass beater music the entire time like mm-hmm. some of their stuff is that show in general is all weird it's just weird and also shout out to the dude in the local band who got pissed at me because I didn't say his band's name I said Aww. yo and here's for, for what it's worth I really liked the New York locals at that show um, one of them are my friends in Necropia they're fucking sick shout out to Tamim and John but um Dude, this one dude in this band, I'm not even going to name them, and if he, I doubt he's going to hear this, if he does, f*** you. I was like, yeah, shout out to the really sick four local bands that opened this up. I was, like, I told, I even said it's, like, some of the better local bands on this tour. I was, I was legitimately, like, interested in them. And this dude, like, starts mouthing off. It's like, why don't you say the local band's names, bitch, and all this shit. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, there was four of y'all tonight, like sorry like i'm not gonna remember all the names but yeah, i mean to be real i'd rather not single them out accidentally leave one out or say one wrong yep. i'd rather just address them you know appropriately Precisely. like that, that doesn't it doesn't mean i'm disrespecting them by not naming them the, exactly. the the thought is still there the intention is still there and it's funnier too because later on that night 
I ended up like two of their members came up to the merch table and said, yo, we had an awesome blast playing with y'all. Y'all were great. And you know what? I was actually interested in them. I thought they were actually kind of sick. I even asked the dudes. So yeah, what about your, um, so we got music out or whatever. And he's like, yeah, here it is. Blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, oh Jesus. Holy moly. Whatever, whatever we're leaving out in the van. And that's when someone pointed out, yo, that dude fucking talking shit was in that band. I was just like, well, not jamming them anytime soon. Like, <laughs> It's just like the entitlement. Like the thing is, he would like keep saying shit. Like, because obviously I was trying to get the energy up as a front man. It was my job. It's like, yo, let's let's get the room moving. What are y'all fucking doing? Are y'all are y'all asleep? Blah blah blah. You know, just I gave up after a while because clearly it wasn't working. But the dude is like, why are you repeating yourself, dumbass? It's just like, this is my fucking job. I'm the headliner band, and I'm trying to get the energy a little hyped up. It's I like, mean, why why even say anything? Right. What do you, what do you get out of that? Especially when you're like, does you it know, make you feel good? I mean, and if it does make you feel good. Are you proud of that? It's like, congratulations, you were 50 feet ahead <laughs> of me in this room. I mean, come on, dude. And like, obviously, he dipped out right after that because I didn't see him the rest of the night. I, I, was, I was honestly kind of wanting to be like, yo, so what's up, dude? Like, I don't want to start shit, but like, but just, like, obviously, as someone that cares about their PR and stuff, like, you want to talk to these people and kind of understand. But at the same time, it's just like, fuck that, dude. Let's be a waste of breath. Yeah, if you want to speak up like that and make a scene for attention. So that he shot at his band, bro. We I'm feel not, entitled. I'm not going to say jealousy, but I mean, there could be some borderline jealousy involved or sub subconscious jealousy. I feel like it's a weird entitlement. Just like, I don't know. Like, he got to open this show. Maybe he sold some tickets. I don't really know. He sees you flying up there, you know, up high, and everybody's looking at you, and you're doing well, and he wants to bring you down. He wants to point, See, some, point, point out a flaw. I don't even feel like that about any of it myself. Because, like, for me, it's just, like, I genuinely wanted to check out these bands. Like, especially since, like, most of these shows, there was at least one band where I'm like, I've heard of you before. I want to see your set. Like, it wasn't one of those things where it's just, like, some random bunk-ass no-name local was playing. It was, like, all these bands happen to have their own presence. And it's just, like, I was interested. Everything I heard was great. Like, it was cool. Yeah. And obviously, you know, as a musician, I want to connect with other musicians. So it's like having that kind of engagement over something so weird and minute. It's like, I don't know if I did something else the rest of the night. Like, I don't know if like maybe he tried talking to me and I just totally missed it. Like, who knows? Like, but anyways, TLDR, um, turn it up next time, New York. That was, that was weak. <laughs> he called y'all weak. <laughs> okay. Um, where, where am I? Where are we? In your house. That's right. I was trying to see if I wrote this down right. Excluding the actual crowd while playing, which city had the most genuine and friendly people before and after the show? Chicago, actually. It was, nice. the, it was the last day, too, which, again, it was just such a bittersweet Doesn't day. Doesn't Chicago usually get kind of a bad reputation? A little bit. I know like a lot of the, like, the band thefts and stuff happen. That's what like, it is, the like, theft. I hear that more about St. Louis than I do Chicago. But obviously Chicago has, you mm -hmm. know, they're, they're known for their higher crime rate and stuff, which honestly wasn't that bad. Like, I guess we were in a decent enough part of town um, being at, we were playing at Reggie's. I don't really know what, what kind of place that is, but no, is this, I feel like the most people that like wanted to come up and say something or like ask to get something signed or just like had something just super nice to say. And it wasn't like the general, like, Hey man, you're awesome. It was like something genuinely unique about each conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that stuck out to me. And there, I just felt it was like very welcoming, oddly enough, you know, despite, you know, what we just said, just like the environment there in Chicago, but it, it just felt like there was this good vibes no matter who I talked to, mm -hmm. which was great. That's because cool. Obviously there's at least one or two weird fucking people at every show, but like Chicago, I didn't, I, there wasn't, there wasn't one time where I'm like, yeah, this is uncomfortable. This is, this isn't weird. 
That's good. Sometimes weird's okay, but yeah, but there's like a sometimes certain... weird is fucking weird. It depends on the brand of weird. Sure, peanut butter on the chest weird, <laughs> or hey, I know everything about you weird. Won't leave you alone weird. See that it comes to that that's, point. That's almost creepy more than it is weird. See, there were some people that actually like had been following my shit for a minute on this tour, and they're like, "Yo, I didn't even know you were in this band." It blows my mind. I've been following you since like 2014. Since you're crazy. Like, Dude, dead ass. This dude was like, yo, I've been following you since your first Die Art cover on it, on YouTube, which was the one you helped me film like forever <laughs> ago. And I was just like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, I didn't even know you were in this band. I was coming to see In Hell Followed With. And then I saw you pop up on stage and it blew my fucking mind. And I'm like, what? That's kind of crazy that they didn't know, but that's cool that it's, you know, that that was a surprise. I don't know. I'm starting surprise. to, I, I learned from this too, or like surprisingly enough, it's like maybe I should pay more attention to my YouTube because some of these people are like, I've been following you on YouTube. Oh, okay. And it's just like, well, that explains a lot. Because yeah, I guess we just assume everyone is... On Facebook. Yeah, yeah. in, in Facebook land. Because right? oh. almost everyone that I know, I mean, excluding maybe some older people that I'm not... Uh, I, I wouldn't expect to have a Facebook, but some my age or younger, I think I only know one person that doesn't have a Facebook. Yep. It's like, like every, Off the top of my head. head. Yeah. So that's... Oh. It's just kind of where we are these days, I guess. Yeah, so shit like that threw me off, like for sure. I mean, again, in a good way, of course. Like, it's not like it was a bad thing, but it's yeah. just my assumption 99% of the time is, you know, if anyone talks to me, it's about a health followed with. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of wholesome to have it, you know. It felt rewarding. Yeah. So after all these years, like finally actually, because there's one thing about like internet validation, which I feel like that's just a plague on people. It just ruins people, right? But there's a difference between like that and just like physical like validation where it's like wow I, I am on the right fucking path and like these people are like making me like truly like physically see and feel it you know yeah yeah that makes sense did everything go smoothly with the other bands in the tour package i want to say yeah um if that's not the case not look not looking for any you know no, name, no, no, no. name calling or anything like that just no i, I mean felt, in general i felt like the bands really meshed really well um i feel like some of them kind of had like prior friendships where we were kind of like the outlier coming into it. Maybe I read that wrong. I'm not really sure. Um, but I know, of course, like, you know, me and Daniel, for example, never have toured before, you know, mm-hmm. aren't as, you know, out there with that, so to speak. I mean, overall, yeah, I feel like it went good. I mean, if there was, was any problems, I would hope someone would speak up. Mm-hmm. But no, there wasn't any weird animosity or any weirdness um, that I could pick up on. We actually like, made really great friends um, with the band Widowmaker. Um, those dudes are fucking sick. Like half of them are from Alabama, half of them are from like Nashville, Tennessee area, um, and they had they had um, Spencer Letzinger from Kill fill in, one of the sweetest fucking dudes I've ever met. But no, that whole band was was awesome. I mean, really, everyone on the tour was awesome. But like, it was really cool, like how well like our band meshed with them, just like humor wise, and I know we borrowed gear from them as well. Mm, okay, but no, like everyone was sick. It wasn't really a problem. That's very good. Yeah, the only real problem ever was like promoters and sound guys. That was my next topic. Oh, of course it was. The actual wording is, dare I ask about promoters and venue owners? <laughs> well, there was one night where literally everyone wanted to beat the fuck out of the sound guy. And, um, yeah, there was Steven from fucking Widowmaker um, is the realest motherfucker because, like, he gave him, he asked him what the fuck was up because, like, he kept fucking up everything. He was being a douche the whole night. Shut up, dogs. Sorry about that. 
no, but I won't go into like specifics on who and where, but um, there was definitely a night where like everyone was like, yeah, this dude's a fucking cunt and needs to get his <laughs> shit pushed in. Oh. And there was definitely some like weirdness with the promoters. Like um, we definitely like have had been attempted to be shorted by one before. It took like a whole week to get like, like three fourths of the fucking money we were owed kind of thing. Uh. And then there was like really shitty promoters. Well, one. He was just like, oh, the show's, quote, not doing well. Let's remove your guarantee and make it a door deal. And it's just like, we budgeted this tour based on our guarantees. Like, what are you fucking doing? And I don't is, really know. Is that, yeah, is that part of a contract of some sort? Yeah, see, they, they can just switch it up whenever they feel? I never saw the contract. At this point, I don't I don't really care because we, we came out pretty decent for that one based on, like, the merch balancing things out. Yeah. Still, it's like stuff like that was kind of shysty. Yeah. And then shit, I mean, if you want to go further on the shystiness, there were shysty fans. Like, 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 there was this one Wait, dude. There's like, 20 bucks for a shirt? What? Oh, no. Like, more like, yo, I'm going to cop that five-finger discount on this fucking pair of shorts kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, this dude, right? He was at a merch table, and um, I didn't see this happen. In fact, he came up to the merch table and bought, like, two pairs of shorts and a shirt. I think he dropped, like, 70, 80 bucks on everything. So I don't really know what all he got. But... He did that, took a picture with me, and then he left. And then, like, Spencer from Filling and Photomaker, he came by and he's like, yo, dude, that guy tried stealing some of your shorts. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then he tells me that they also tried stealing something from, from their table, too. He said he bought up the shorts and the shirt together and, like, bought it up in a shirt he actually bought. But I guess, like, like Spencer's, like, a correctional officer or, like, some prison. So he, like, knows how to read people really well. Sure. And he's like, I see what you're fucking doing. What is that? <laughs> and he saw it. He's like, I know you didn't buy either of those things. Go drop them off. And he did. And it's weird because then, like, later in the night, the same motherfucker, like, gave us an eighth of weed. And it's like, yo, dude, I'm, a, I'm such a huge fucking fan. This is so sick. Here, let me help you out. And it's probably it's, laced with something. It, it, well, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you it wasn't because I'm still alive. But it was just like, hold on a second. So you mean to tell me that you tried stealing something, then dropped almost $100 with the fucking money Felt on us. guilty, man. And then gave us bud. Took photos of he all of us. felt bad. It's like some sociopathic shit. <laughs> he was trying to make it right since he got caught. I mean, that makes him feel better, more power to him. I mean, all in all, maybe it was a misunderstanding. Maybe he didn't try stealing anything. I mean, he had to have, right? He had the physical shit in his hands. Right, so, right. No, he tried. He tried. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't want to give him too much of the benefit of the doubt, but he did correct himself at the end of the night, at the very least. That's, uh, okay. This also definitely happened in New York. <laughs> shout out to new york i've been told that we played the wrong places in new york apparently we should have played like Brooklyn. you can't really expect to know the area obviously if you're not exactly you don't hang around that neck of the woods yeah i feel like that was a lot of the i don't want to say a lot of the problem with this tour because it's still I, i'm still very happy with the results but a lot of people asked us like yo why'd you book here like why this town you should have went over to here like a lot of people said we should have played in jacksonville florida instead of closer to tampa is that going to be Purely on the uh, 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 booking person I mean, that you a had. Chance. I mean, it's really hard to say. Um, but no, I mean, it, it was interesting to know that we probably could have hit better markets. But at the same time, like like I said, there were still people that drove out like four or five hours to some of these shows. That's awesome. Oh, it's sick. And speaking of, this is kind of off tangent, but on at the same time. Shout out to John fucking Gallagher of Dying Fetus, dude. Oh, I remember seeing he that. He drove up yeah. three hours to the to the um, the show in Reading, Pennsylvania. I think it was Reading. Was that Reverb? I think, Re- yeah. And he, dude, he hung out. We like we smoked weed with fucking dying fetus, dude. That was so <laughs> sick. 
But um, no, uh, speaking of people who traveled, yeah, I, I have to throw that out there because that, that was that's that really was cool. the sickest thing to me. Yeah, he's also badass. a total speedheart. Go listen to Dying Fetus. Go listen to him. I think I've seen them. I don't know three, four times now. I haven't seen I them mean, at all. It's usually just on a either a big tour or a festival or something that I'm you know trying to shoot. Yeah, and they just happen to be on the bill. Like, oh, okay, they sound pretty large for a three-piece right yeah that's wild so i think they're still three-piece but uh i know how picky you are about your voice how do you think your voice held up throughout the whole run so you know what the problem wasn't even with my endurance or like just the physical you know aspect of my voice oddly enough i think it was just back and forth weather changes i endured like honestly like i'm a congestion factory like and like there was two dates I think Richmond was one of them, and it might have been, yeah, yeah, Reading, Pennsylvania, and Richmond. My voice, like, I don't want to say it gave out, but there was just so much buildup and just so much mucus that my entire low register just was not pushing how it was supposed to. Hmm. And I thought it was vocal fatigue, and I actually did like a whole like, maybe like like thirteen, fourteen hours of vocal rest, like not counting sleeping, and um, it didn't really help. But um, I think it was just the congestion because outside of that, like. I felt, I felt like 100% every night. And I, I was concerned about that, actually, because, you know, I think hour-long sets every night for someone that's maybe only done 30 to 45 in, a, like, one show in a row shows. Yeah. And it's like, I practice, but even then, I don't practice that much. So it's just like, I, I, I could I was like, the entire time just stressing out, like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? <laughs> it's going to kind of, like, the, you know, fifth song or something, it's just going to start. Well, kind of shit, I mean, fading like, away. I, 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 was, I was convinced by like the third or fourth show, I would feel some vocal fatigue, which I didn't. Um, because like my high, my high mid register was fine the entire tour, but just whenever I don't know, just two like two of those shows, and then some during the Nashville show, like I just it's like it wasn't even that I couldn't do it, it's just like I couldn't do it in full. It's like there was something blocking the passage for me to really like hit them the way I want to, like, uh, yeah. And it was just like the entire time I was, you could ask anyone there. I was just so stressed out about it. I was like, that sounded like shit. That sounded like shit. That sounded like shit. And there's video and it doesn't really sound as bad as I thought it did in my head. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, naturally you want to bring your hundred. Right. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Especially on your first two or ever where like, you know, for me, it's like, I mean, you obviously know it's like, I've played some local shows, but I've never like, it's always been videos online and there's been people that question those for years. So now it's like, this is like me up to bat and having my first chance to really like show the world that yo i do this legit so right it's, so yeah it's, so it's just like whenever there was a couple it's not of days, fake yeah whenever there was days like that that's all i could think of in my head is just like oh, i'm really letting myself down i'm letting my band down but no one really gave a fuck it was one of those things where i i stopped overthinking it i compensated with like a little more mid-range and it was it was all gravy yeah all gravy we're good it's all gravy gravy's everywhere gross how does it feel being back at home and back to uh the routine you know, I thought it was going to be weird, but it, I mean, I've reassimilated pretty quick. It's just like, the only thing that sucks that I'm still trying to catch up on is sleep. But, um, otherwise, no, it's just like, you know, routine is so routine. That's just like, you kind of just see it pop back up and it's like, Oh, there it is. Let's, let's do it. Maybe, maybe work was a little weird. You know, I had, I thought I had to relearn anything, but there was some processes in my work. Where I was just like, Oh yeah, I do this. Right. Okay, cool. And overall it wasn't a problem, but it was like, 
there was like enough of a threshold to break where it was like, okay, this is this is the weirdness. This is me being back to it. If anything, it was just like the idea, like, oh, I have to be there at this time. Oh shit. Okay, I'm not used to that. I haven't done that in the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, granted, we had like load-ins at four, but like we didn't always make it just because some of the routing was just kind of fucked in that regard. It's like it's obviously hard to want to drive seven hours after you finish an hour-long gig, and it's like one o'clock in the morning by the time you're done packing up and meeting the fans and playing. So it's just to go from that to where you didn't really have certainty in your schedule to like having to like be back up, you know, at that time for work. Cause that was a little weird. But once, once I got like halfway through my first work day back, it was just like, okay, this is, this is just life. Like it's yeah. fine. Just kind of fall back into place. Yeah. But I do imagine if I had done like a month long tour, like I was just saying, I would love to do, um, I feel like then maybe the reassimilation would be a little harder. Because like I said, there was, there was take ma- more time. I'm sure. Because right? gotta, gotta think. Like I said, like I had just got into the groove like a week and a half into it. So had I done it for a little bit longer, maybe it would have been harder to reassimilate and really like find the groove again. Because mm-hmm. I only had a couple days where I was like, "Yep, this is life. This is what I'm doing." But yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. It's like me of uh, doing night work. Mm-hmm. I've had I've done that before. I think I did it for three months straight. And that honestly, my sleeping has never been the same since then i believe it uh not it's not bad i've i've been able to manage it pretty well uh, in time but it took me a long time to readjust and i used to be a very very light sleeper and Mm now i'm more of a light sleeper now than than in recent years but i used to be very light sleeper and then the night work it's just uh, it's I would sleep through anything almost for a little while. And it was super weird. I hated it because I would sleep through alarms and phone calls. And it was just so out of the norm. Yeah. You know, it was, I wasn't used to it. So anyway, what? I mean, yeah, sleep is one of those things that is, I've had shit sleep for like years. But like this is just made it a little bit more difficult. But it's also strange because I feel like I was almost growing accustomed to like how little sleep I was getting. Maybe that isn't healthy. It probably isn't healthy at all. Probably not. But like. Like just going back to this like scheduling and stuff like I just every day I feel like I have I have just like I could use like you know like ninety hours more sleep <laughs> yeah than one evening which is clearly yeah. impossible but you know it's just it's just weird how like my body will adjust to the one but like I still can't adjust back to it this way yeah what is uh how how were the energy drinks did you did you end up surviving on those or did you <laughs> well I went out of my way like a month before the tour even started to order like a um. I think, I think it's a 12-pack of the Champagne Bang. <laughs> so I have that, <laughs> nice. a lot of the two were. And then, you know, since I wasn't eating as much, I feel like, well, fuck it. They have those those keto coffee bangs. They got, like, the 20 grams of protein, yeah, like 200 calories. Yeah, so it's almost a meal. So I started having those every day. So the thing is, like, I feel like my caffeine tolerance is just so stupid that, like, it really does make a difference, but it's more of like a, what's it called? Um, Death? A placebo. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, yeah. I, Early death? Yeah, energy drinks are bad. You probably shouldn't have them as yeah. I drink my white zero ultra monster. Yeah. But um yeah, it was one of those things where it's just I think the placebo told me I needed them more than I actually needed them. Of course. Them. Yeah, or a habit. Excuse the deal, I had zero coffee the entire tour, like a fucking idiot. Like I should have just like had a nice warm cup of coffee. That would have woke me up every day, burned my lips once a day. You should have brought like a little tour Keurig oh my or God. something. You go find an outlet somewhere and plug it in and Make some coffee. Be cost efficient. Get those little like ninety nine dollar Keurig minis. Yeah, it really could. Honestly, 
That, that would control you from energy I mean, choice. listen, the van had like an, an inverter and everything. We could have plugged that bitch in and just made coffee <laughs> yeah. on the go. Yeah. I mean, it's more space, whatever. More shit to break, get stolen, get in the way, step on, but still, you know, you might be saving. You might save money after a while, you know, instead of getting coffee, your energy I mean, drinks. honestly, having the Keurig in the van would also be sick because it probably, the, the aroma of coffee would probably outweigh the, Ooh, the stench yeah. of Paul's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, we got, we got so many of those little like hanging trees, scent things after a while because just bro, I just mean, like hang them over your head. Dude, we showered. We sh- all shower basically like every day or every other day, but like it was maybe like one or two of us that showered every other day, just depending on the circumstance. But like we were privileged enough to shower, and it still smelled like straight sack constantly. <sighs> just all the clothes and shit. I bet right. That's probably what it was. I gotta say, man, like when I got home and did laundry, the bag that I had of dirty clothes was hoarded. <sighs> gross i've obviously washed them since then but holy gross. fuck it was disgusting yeah that's nasty that was like yeah. the one downside because i'm i'm a bit of, i like to be clean so like having that follow me around for like the, the two weeks was just like i wanted to gag every time i opened up my clothes bag oh that's sick man i get i actually get kind of scratchy skin if i don't shower frequently i'm more talking about like on my head like oh more yeah dandruffy yeah, yeah. or something okay. but not like all over my body that's kind of gross I mean, some, sometimes people have that. I'm sorry if that, if that hurts your feelings. <laughs> Man. I mean, yeah, some people aren't as fortunate to be able to shower every day or almost every day like we did. Because I know, like, yeah, I know yeah. I've heard of some bands who like, like they just literally won't shower for five days straight. Just, they just are just, fuck that. Bro, it would, that would drive me insane. Like, I, I couldn't yeah, imagine. Yeah, I don't like, I don't, I don't like stinky people. Like sweating a little bit just makes people gross. I'm really sorry. And if you stink and it hurts your feelings, then maybe... You should stop stinking. Have you ever thought about that? Pro, take a fucking shower. I know you can't really speak for Daniel, but did he seem to enjoy the experience? Dude, yeah, Daniel had the time of his life. Like, it got to a point where, like, we were in Chicago because the last day we played in Chicago on the 28th, and the 29th, our flight wasn't until like 10 o'clock at night. So, me, um, Daniel, Daniel Gomez, and then um, Josh, Joshua West, he did, did all the content for our tour. We met up with my buddy Cody Ken out there in uh, Chicago, um, and after we left like the downtown area, we went on the way to the airport. We saw by this little bar. I couldn't. It's, it's like Shoeless Joe's or some shit. I don't know. There's a really badass waitress, and she hooked it up. But anyways, we got fucking shwasted, dog. Shwasted, dog. And um, where was I going to this? Somewhere. Fuck. He he started like lamenting about how sad he was. And, you know, he was legit crying because he missed like the dudes in Widowmaker and like the dudes in Hell followed with. He wasn't crying. Don't put Daniel out like that. No, he'll admit it too. Like <laughs> I'm sure he will. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I I admire the man for being so open with his emotions. And also, yeah, it probably man. was the alcohol speaking. Yeah, if you're afraid to show your emotions, you're a piece of shit. No, but for real, shout out to him for like learning the eleven songs and like the four like pretty like decent solos that he had to learn in like a month and a half. Tops. Yeah, those are some good solos. Yeah, I mean, I know you tried to hack, taking your own bat at them, and I mean, they're they're pretty fucking. They're, yeah, they would take they're, they're they would enough. take some time. It'd take some time, right? And yeah, he and got some and some uh, finger uh, resistance. Yeah. No, but he got all that shit down in a month and a half's time, cleaned up all the shit that he needed to, um, like the three days he had before the tour, and yeah, just he was all smiles. Like the dude would just go out of his way to be like, "This is this is amazing. This is the best time of my life. I'm so happy." And it was just like. It was like a, it was like a kid on Christmas who got that N sixty four and all the games he wanted. And then got candy. And then like the Tooth Fairy came too. Like 
it was like it was remarkable to watch just because like i just know he's needed something like this to happen for him just especially with his luck in music and just like how things have gone for him in the past like he just needed the win and he fucking got it so that's great it was awesome man it was it was really sick to watch i was glad to have him on there and he's i think i've mentioned this before but he's already helping us write the full length and the stuff he's adding is just it's sick so it's just all around shout out daniel gomez super sick a fucking champion super sick daniel hella ssd oh my god super ssd do you have any suggestions for other people who have not experienced a tour before like any new someone that was you know in your same shoes right before you went out i do feel like i'm in like a bit of a privileged spot just because my first tour was a headlining tour. It was nice right, and short. Right, right. Not, not like a, you know, four or five day local band. Yeah, it's like I, I got tour. showers and shit, you know. Like there was a lot of, there was a lot of things that maybe, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I just felt like I was a bit privileged to have the scenario that I did. Well, but, maybe, maybe more of the mental side then. Yeah, absolutely. Know? I'm going to say that, um, I went into it thinking, you know, like, I'm a fucking homebody. Like, I've, like as extroverted as I am, it's like, I, I love being home. I love being home so bad. But I went out and did this, and it's just like, it's fucking worth it. Like, you just can't overthink it. Like, I think a lot of people, you know, just worry about too much and worry about their baggage. And, you know, everyone's got their baggage. Maybe I had less of it myself this go-round. But you just got to fucking let go and do it. And just, you know, don't don't worry about your bills. Don't worry about what's back at home. Just, you know, face what's in front of you. Get lost in the sauce and just have a good fucking time doing what you love. Um, I mean, that's really all I got in that regard. Yeah, I mean, even if it's it's for one time you know for the first time yeah you know to take that chance you might have some some worries when you get back i mean but, absolutely but i mean you're you're at least experiencing something because even then know? yeah in my position too it's just like my work you know they, get, they let me use my pto the whole time so i wasn't coming like home entirely empty-handed even if i did come home empty-handed because i would still have the experience on top of you know money from work right but not right. everyone else is privileged like that i know i know there was people on the tour who were in the negative a couple of days in yeah it's just like yeah that's very sad i mean if anything if you're gonna do it make sure the opportunity is rewarding enough make sure it's gonna it's, you know, it's not gonna completely it, screw you it over. can't screw you over like you, you can't ruin your life because you went on tour like you need to be able to be comfortable enough to where like yes i can get away for this amount of time whether it's just because you have savings or because you just don't need the money that bad to survive or because you're like me and you have PTO and you have the ability, like the privileged ability to be able to go out and not have to worry about, oh, I need, I need X amount for bills by the time I get back. Yeah. But, um, or you can eat ramen for three months afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you, but if you can take the risk and, you know, you know, like just fucking soar and just go for it, like do it, but just be smart about it. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people will, will do anything to throw away like their lives for opportunity. Like you see people all the time like signing to random labels because oh I got signed, or you see people going on these like smaller tours that aren't really gonna have pull because they've yet to like you know really build their 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 fan base. And it's just like touring is sick. If you get the chance to do it, fucking do it. But make sure it's worth it. Make sure you know this is an investment that isn't going to fuck you long term. Right. Just just for some thrills or the experience, you know. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't you can't just you know throw everything off to the side. Like ah, no. oh, it's not a big deal. We're we're living, man. We're <laughs> we're having a good time. No, it has to, it has to have some reward, and it can't financially crush you because that's going to be the biggest issue. I feel is just just the, the financial weight at the end of it. For a lot of people because that's i mean let's be honest that's what stops everyone from their dreams is money of course so you know just be cognizant of doing that or of not doing that 
Yeah. And I, I guess you maybe want to have some sort of cushion or, a, you know, emergency fund or, mm-hmm. of some sort, you know, a backup plan in case somebody gets pulled over and, and, and thrown in jail for overnight for, I don't know, intoxication or weed or something. That leads me to another story, actually, real quick. I forget what date it was, um, but we had someone, we had the pleasure of, you know, being to stay at their, their house or whatever. I want to say it was in, like, Pennsylvania or something. I'm really not sure. Shout out to you, though. I'm, I'm terrible with names. I'm an asshole. But... Mess- message him and tell him who you are. Yeah. But, um, so that night, you know, we, we parked on the side of this building, and then here was the houses, and, um... It was me and Patrick that stayed behind in the van because honestly, like that van, that van's cushions were pretty fucking comfortable. Mm-hmm. Get on your side, grab a pillow, you're good to go. Like I didn't need a bed; I could have stayed in that van every night. Besides the night we stayed in Florida because I woke up feeling like I was in a grease pan. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, we woke up, or rather, I woke up to um, cops walking around the van in the trailer, huh. and eventually, one one saw me. <laughs> I saw one and then they saw me and I was an idiot who lifted up and then went back down so they probably thought I was trying to hide from them or some shit <laughs> but um, at any rate at any rate they knocked on the window and they asked you know so who are y'all what are you doing and uh, after we explain we're a, just a two ring band who's staying with the guy in this house right here lo and behold we find out oh that building you parked in front of is a daycare <laughs> and they are very concerned <laughs> and it's just like oh oh no fuck. Well, anyways, so, um, oh, you know, we, they do the good. whole license registration thing. They try to get our IDs and stuff. They run me and Patrick. We have no no records or anything they have to worry about. It's always good there. So, they're like, yeah, the main concern is they saw the black van in front of the, the daycare. And they they were concerned. It's <laughs> <and they>, <laughs> <laughs> a black van with two dudes hiding in it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they just basically want a confirmation. And we, we, have not, we even, like, showed them the two were laminate. We offered them a CD for shits and giggles. No, thank you. Yeah, of course, of course not. They're actually really nice cops. So shout out to them from wherever the fuck they were from. But um, at the end of it, it just none of that matters. They're like, well, regardless, um, this area doesn't allow um, you know, uh, trailers in residential area. And I'm like, okay, fuck. So we had to leave regardless. But you know, all in all, like, good cops. <laughs> it was uh, it was certainly interesting. Well, that's good, I guess. It taught me there was nice cops because every cop I've met down here is an asshole. I guess a quarter of the ones I've encountered, uh, as far as like being pulled over or having to talk to a cop for whatever reason, a quarter of them assholes. Um, uh, I, I guess majority have been very not friendly, you know, not, not that I try to joke with a bunch of cops or try to make conversation. It's just, it's like, you're not talking to a person. It shouldn't be the standard though. You, you know, I feel like just general kindness will go a lot further. And then if you have reason to be firmer, then you know by all means because that's just it i was convinced that like the, 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 this, these cops were out to like try to like go through our shit in the trailer and the van right yeah that's would have caused a serious delay in our day but no they were super chill about it like it was it was very new to me which is unfortunate but yeah nonetheless that's good well according to this digital piece of paper i have no more questions for you well that's okay goodbye no. <laughs> see you later uh, that was pretty cool do you have anything else you'd like to add or say or ask or talk about um I wouldn't say not really I mean other than the fact that you know 
probably going to try to do more tours next year. Um, gotten that I don't was a say- question I was going to ask about. Okay, what what uh. I guess I I couldn't really figure out the wording for it, so I I just felt maybe it would naturally come out, which it just did. But what are you guys doing uh, for pursuing more tours? Is it like aggressively pursuing or just kind of welcoming any opportunities? It's one of those things where we haven't gotten any official offers yet, but there's been some talks of ideas and things, and they're all very promising. So it's a matter of that. we're currently in the middle of moving booking agencies, which should make a night and day difference for us. Um, that will start fielding more opportunities. Because the thing is, at this point, you know, this headlining tour was mostly a point of, hey, this band as a brand is back, but also this is us. This is us now. Like, I think going forward, we're not trying to posture as just in hell followed with. We're trying to posture as in hell followed with 2.0 or sure. whatever you want to look at right. it. Because the thing is, we have to, we're kind of rebranding instead of going for the more traditional deathcore vibes like, like the old stuff did we, we want to be more melodic death metal more just i don't want to say necessarily matured but just you know evolved evolved yes very much so we want to we don't want to like do the same thing like some people have asked we want to we want to see what you know where us as individuals go collectively yeah which is way more important yeah because it's it's new new minds are involved yeah. so you know but point in case where we're um, working on a full length which um as it's shaping up so far, it's going to be a lot more aggressive, a lot more really pushing that melodic death envelope. But on top of that, we're going to try to take some more support roles, take more of a backseat. Because like I, like I was trying to say, like the two were more to prove that this is a thing again, you know, see where we can pull um, and just really just try to hustle things and show that we're not just an, like, people online doing shit like everyone else is. Right. We're truly trying to pursue this. But um, and in turn, yeah, just the next couple support roles we should get, we want to, you know, just tour the rest of the states. Probably try to have that full length out by 2021. Try to go across the pond to Europe in 2021. Um, and just focus on furthering the brand, furthering the content, and just uh, making sure that everyone knows loud and clear that, you know, we're here to really fucking do some work. Kick some shit. Kick some ass, brother. <laughs> we're gonna go to your town and fuck your sisters. Whoa. <laughs> No, we're we're coming to party. He's not gonna do that. No, we're coming. We're coming to party. We're coming to have a good time. <laughs> There's a lot of people I want to meet on on the east coast or the west coast rather. Um, I've already got to meet a ton of sick people on the east coast, so I want I want to come down to Texas and you know show show my Dallas homies that what the hell all this about. I want to go to the west coast. I've never been to California. I want to go up north to uh, more like Oregon, Washington State. There's a lot for us to explore as a band. There's a lot for me to explore as a person, and um, I think next year is gonna be even more fulfilling than this year was. Oh yeah, hell yeah! That sounds like a good note to end on. Well, whatever, yeah, whatever note that was, maybe a G, G flat. See, I was thinking around a G actually. Great minds think G light. sharp. A G. Wait, G flat would just be an F sharp, right? What? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Signing out from Rusty's Escape Pod. This has been Andrew Patterson and Rusty Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye. Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.